Welcome to Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We are so glad you decided to join us today. We know you're going to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged by this powerful sermon. You know, I did a video from the range, and I did my testimony. And um, I've given my testimony a lot. It's not just my testimony, it's the gospel. So I weave the gospel in it. But I was trying to find, as I was doing it, I was trying to find how that how how you can explain to people that that moment where I went from to my knees to the prayer to the several hours after that what it is like to feel to to at a moment to know that you are away from God to be lost. And I was trying, even as I was sharing, I was trying to ponder in my mind, how, how can I relate that to people, to just the fact that you were, I, was, I felt so lost. And that you pray a prayer from your heart where you believe and you trust in Christ as your Savior, you repent of your sins as a sinner. But that feeling that hit me from Lostness to foundness. I pray that I pray that everyone that listened to that, I pray for all of you, just that understanding and that profound depth of knowing that you were lost and that you are now saved. And to feel the presence of God just show you who you are now. We're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to title this A Child of God. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. You can turn there. It's a simple verse. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Wasn't that awesome? God's so good, man. So the chains get broken, which now... Make us a child of God. Wow. First John 3, 1 John 3.1, I am a child of God. It says this. It says, see, some of your versions will say, behold. What kind of love, this is the ESV, that what kind of love Looking at it in the Greek brings out the what great love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And we're going to be chanting this by the time the day is over. And so we are. Somebody say, and so we are. The Amplified Version says, See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. 
and so we are. The NIV says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And it says, And that is what we are. And so we are. Holy Spirit just said to me that somebody out there, all of us, but somebody out there, you need to get this down inside of you because you struggle with the realization that you really are a child of God. Amen? So keeping this in context, John just got talking about, just got done talking about their new birth in verse 29. And he writes this in verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices, or that means their lifestyle, has a lifestyle of righteousness is born of him. So in light of this new birth, he now explains to them that the foundation for this being born again is God's great love. How much God loves you as a sinner Think about that. You as a sinner to make you his child. Love could have saved us without making us children of God. But God's manner of love is a love that made us a part of his family. We're children of God. I, I, I have that song on a loop in the gym. And I raise my hands and I sing it out loud and People look at me, I'm over in the corner, I'm a child of God, I am a child of God. When you know you're a child of God, it is life transforming. It's life transforming. I am a child of God. What a great thing to shout back at the devil. I am a child of God. Discouragement, I'm a child of God. Finances, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. He doesn't talk about his love being just love. It's a great love. John wants us to take a supernatural glimpse into a supernatural love. This is a love that only God can give, that God can bless with, that God can bestow, that God has. It's God's love. And I thought about this. I thought about the fearful exhortation in the book of Revelation to the church at Ephesus. When I started thinking about the love of God, how much God loves us, how much we should act on that love, how much we should now live out that love. When you think about that, let me read this to you and see if this becomes a little bit more serious. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot endure evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my namesake. And have not grown weary. But I have this against you that you have left. Left, not lost. You have left your first love. He loved us so much that he's called us his child. I ask you a question this morning. If we go no further, do you love him back that way? What's driven you in here today? Is it a love of God? If you're in here today and you brought in discouragement, that's why you're here. Leave encouraged. You're a child of God. 
You're a child of God. There's never a reason for us to leave our first love. It is so dramatic. It is so dramatic. Oh, I never want to forget what it was like to get saved. To get saved. He says, behold, see. It's in the Greek aorist imperative. It's a command. He's saying, see. He's basically saying, here's the idea. Stop everything else. Look at this. Think about it. Ponder this significance. You're a child of God. Think about it. Ponder it. Take a heart-moving look at the amazing love which gave you membership into God's family. I know people that, I know people literally will let their family name hold them back. Well, my grandparents or my great-grandfather was an alcoholic or he was this or that, and you know, I'm just one of those. I'm a tuttle. Hey, that's my last name, but I'm a child of God. His blood runs through my veins. I am a child of God. I am a child. I am in the family of God. I'm God's child. You know, I thought about this this morning. Little Dolly um, was two and a half years sheltered. Somebody, somebody was not nice to her through that two and a half years. Not at the shelter, but somebody along the way raised a hand to her. Um, and she's so, you know full of fierceness, killing rats in the backyard and all those things. And, but when you do certain things, I'll put her in the car to take her somewhere. If I get into the car to like move things around, she doesn't know and she's, there's an unsurety there. Like, oh. And I thought to myself, maybe dogs can't forget. Maybe dogs, there's something in them they can't reason out. Okay, I, I've been part of this family for three years now. I know they're not going to hurt me. But I thought that's, I, I don't want her to be like that. But guess what? God doesn't want you to be like that. You've been brought into God's family. We don't cower anymore. God loves you with a love that's so amazing. Oh, man, this should drive us to our knees. This should drive us to our knees. All those things that church did that, Probably had great programs, probably had a coffee shop in the lobby. Everybody was doing all this stuff, meeting together every night. But God said, that's great, but I have this against you. You've left your first love. You're all about this. If we did nothing else but come in this church and just love God undignified and just love him and never had a coffee shop and never had this, that, and just love God. I realize sometimes things grow commonplace over time. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens in people's marriages. They meet the girl of their dreams. I'm so in love. Years pass by and it becomes kind of commonplace. Or something that we were really wanted at one time. You know, we've made that purchase, we have it, and we're all excited about it at first, but it becomes commonplace, its effect on us grows weaker. It doesn't have the place of prominence in our lives until pretty soon sometimes it becomes a far distant memory. But the Father's love for us is so great. It's a kind of experience that as we grow older in Christ, it should grow stronger and stronger every day. I should be more fired up. I should be more zealous. I should be more tapped into the things of God in my life right now, 30 plus years after my salvation that I was when I first got saved. Mm -hmm. 
There's no reason for my fire to dwindle. Why? Because I, I'm older? Why? Because I, I get tired more? I don't. I don't know if you do. I don't. Um, why? Because why? I'm just, I, I'm crickety? Uh, it's never supposed to dwindle. I should be more fired up for Christ than Brandon is because I've been in this longer. And so my love for God should be stronger. So if you think about, is there anything to look forward to in life? I'll tell you one thing to look forward to is you can love God more than ever before when you're my age. It never has to dwindle. It's one thing I want young people to see in me, that you can be an older guy and still love Jesus with all of your heart. I mean, with everything in you. But if you realize what he's done, how can we not? This should dominate us. It should dominate our lives. It should dominate our lives. It should consume our thoughts. Consume our behavior. It should motivate us to serve God and live holy lives. This love that we know God has for us should motivate us to live holy lives. It should give us comfort in our trials. It should fill us with awe and worship. It should give us strength when we're going through finals in college and we feel like we don't have anything left. God loves you. He would set his love on a sinful, self-willed rebel like me. And now I'm in his family. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I'm no longer a slave of sin. I'm no longer a slave of discouragement. I'm no longer a slave of depression. I'm no longer a slave, and you put it in there, I'm no longer a slave of that anymore. I'm not a slave to anything except my love for Christ. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Don't let yourself ever hear of the Father's great love and think ho-hum. It should never be boring. It should never be commonplace. It should be something that is so deeply amazing to you. When you walk out in the world, God's love for you should pour out of you to people that don't know him. And they should say, what is it about you? I'll tell you something. When I gave my testimony on that video, it hit me again. It just drove into me this evangelism, evangelize, tell people about Jesus. Show them what it means to be saved. It should amaze us. It should amaze me. How great. How great. Greek word potapos implies a reaction of astonishment. What glorious, measureless love. You know what, y'all? If we got impact, I get to walk out here now. If we, if, I can walk over here too. Now I can come out and look at everybody really good now. Right? What are you looking at? <laughs> Amen. This is awesome. God loves you. Amen. Doesn't matter what goes on at work. Amen. Father, let him know how much you love him. Let him know how much you love him. God, melt everything away, God. Everything, God. Everything, God. Stress, strain. Let him know, Lord God, you're his father. Let him know you're his father. Let him just melt into your arms. Let him just melt, Lord God, today. Let him melt into your arms. There's never a weight too heavy. There's never a trial too intense. You're his father. You love him. You're his child today. You're his child. Let him find comfort and strength and peace in that today. Comfort and strength and peace. Hallelujah.
I don't fear what men can do to me. I have a heavenly Father. It's like John saying, this must be from heaven because there's nothing like this in the world. When I was in high school and you have a girlfriend and I love you. Two days later, I love her now. (laughs) Next week, I think I love her. And you leave a trail of broken hearts behind you because you start falling in love with a whole bunch of... That's that's, that's what it is. That's what the world... But that's not God's love. He doesn't go, you messed up. I just don't love you quite as much. you got to understand something. If you're a believer, and there's this thing we make sure we preach here that there's consequences to our sin. There's ramifications if we're living in disobedience. But you got to know God loves you as his child. And even when you mess up, he doesn't diminish it. It stays as intense as it ever was. He still, that's the great, I remember working in a psychiatric hospital for children before I got saved. And those little boys, those, I worked on that wing with those young men from 7 to 16 years old. I've told you a little bit about that before. But those boys, all they ever knew was fathers who were never there. And on the other wing, through a door, there was a group of girls over there. And all those little girls had been molested or raped by somebody either a father or some male figure in their life. And these kids had, that's like they just didn't know what to do. They never felt real love. But I didn't know Christ, so I couldn't get them in their bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. I worked a night shift. I'd walk around and hear them crying in their room at 3 o'clock in the morning. All you can go in is not the girls, but the guys' side. Sit on the bed with the guys and try to give them a hug and say, it's okay. I didn't know Christ. I couldn't tell them. I know of a love that can take care of all of this. I probably would have got fired, but that's okay. But I know of a love that can take care of that. I know of a love that can deal with that. I know of a love that can heal that hurt. We're a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God who loves me with his agape love. This is a song, Brandon. Unrestricted, unrestricted, unrestrained, unconditional love. It's unrestricted, unrestrained, unconditional love. Unrestricted unrestrained, and there's no condition to it. Once you come to Christ, you're in the family, baby. And you don't get taken out of the inheritance. You don't have to be nice to him just so you can get good stuff. You're part of the family. This Greek word implies astonishment. The West word studies from the Greek Testament says this, the love of God is foreign to the human race. It is not found naturally in humanity. When it exists there, it is in a saved individual and by reason of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings that love to us and amplifies that love in us. It originated with God and it ever seeks the welfare of His children. It's always seeking your welfare. It's always seeking your welfare. It's amazing. When you think about the destitution of the people that he loves, where we used to be, you were an enemy of God. And now you're God's kid. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Look at you now. How lost you were. Maybe you don't have a testimony like mine where you knew it's just so drastically 
tramp, you just, just, there was such a difference. But look at you now. Say, I'm a child of God. Look at you now. Look at where you used to be. And this love that God has for us, it transforms the lives of its recipients. I got transformed. I'm still being transformed, even at the age I'm at now. It's a gift that cannot, that cannot be purchased, and it's a gift that we don't deserve. You don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. That's what people don't understand. It's not something we've got to work for. It's something that God does. It is priceless. And God bestows it on those who do not deserve it. It says, See, behold, what kind of love, what great love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. This is not just some high-sounding name that we bear. This is a reality. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And, And I don't expect the world to understand this because they can't grasp this concept of a love like this until God opens up their eyes. Only someone who knows God through Christ can fully appreciate it. It says that we should be called children of God, and so we are. That so we are is put there to be an emphatic declaration of the reality that we are children of God. And so we are. We are not just merely God's children in name, but in reality. And so we are. Charles Spurgeon said, It is not strange that the fact of his adoption should meet with much misgiving in the Christian's mind, seeing that it is a truth so spiritual, flows from a source so concealed, and it has its seat in the profound recesses of the soul. The very stupendousness of the relationship staggers our belief. Does this stagger you? That's stupendous. It's a stupendous relationship. He says, To be fully assured of our divine adoption demands other than the testimony either of our own feelings or the opinion of men. Our feelings, sometimes excited and visionary, may mislead. The opinion of others, often found and fond and partial, may deceive us. The grand, the divine, and only safe testimony is the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. I'm going to look all of you in the eye today, and I'm going to ask you this question. Does, your, does the Spirit bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God? Does the Spirit bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God? I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a big baby for God. Amen. I'm just a child of God. I'm his kid. 
He doesn't look at me and go, oh, man, you're over 50. Ah, I've loved you enough. Give it to somebody else. We've got to remember something. I thought about this. There, there is this uh, combination of evil that tries to steal this from us. Tries to steal this truth from us. Um, the devil is always going to try to insinuate doubt. I've talked to Brandon about I've talked to other people about this before struggled with in, in a stage of their life of being a believer am i really saved am i really a child of god does god really love me i keep messing up understand if you keep messing up and the spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of god he loves you Amen. just get it together just start living right and if you love him the more you press into his love when the word and prayer you'll start getting things rectified. Ask Him to transform you in that area of your sin life. Transform me, God, in this area of my flesh that struggles, I struggle with daily. Ask Him to transform you. Be transparent with Him. He's your Father. He's a Father you can talk to. He's a father who's always there. He's not like the dads of those young boys who was never there or was mean to them or beat them. He's always there and he's always kind and he never raises a hand to you in anger. You're his kid. It's a love that's perfect. It's beyond what we even comprehend with our minds. We try to figure it out, but we try to logically think of it because we only know love to be a certain way. Some of us only know it because of the way we've been brought up. Never been loved. We don't know how to love or how to receive love. God loves us so much. He loves us so much. The world tries to call us to make us call this relationship into question. But ultimately, the biggest area that we struggle with, the validity of our adoptions, it's produced in our own minds. And so we're constantly tempted to question the fact of our adoption. The fact that we are really a child of God. And why do I mess up so much? I don't know. Paul said it too. And if Paul says he struggles with stuff, I guarantee I'm going to struggle with stuff. But I press in every day because I'm realizing more and more God loves me. God loves me for who I am. And he cares about my life. And he cares about what... He's so loving. He's so loving. At the range, there's a bird's nest up in the underneath the covering where the office door is, and you watch the mothers. There's babies in there, and man, bang, stuff going off. And you see that mother. If you're by the thing, you see her over there just waiting. I'm gonna get to him. I'm gonna get to him. I'm gonna get to him. But all the noise isn't affecting her. I'm gonna get to my kid. I'm gonna get to my kid to make sure she feeds him. Doesn't matter what noise is going on in your life, God's going to get to you and feed you, take care of you, watch over you. So, to help drive this home a little bit further, look at John 1 12. If you struggle with, am I really in God's love? John 1 12. See if you see yourself in this today. For anyone in here who says, I struggle with this, am I in the family of God? We've got to get this truth in us. John 1, verse 12. 
It says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, I love this, he gave the right to become children of God. Salvation comes through receiving Christ, that is by believing on his name. Have you received? Have you received? Have you received? Have you believed? If you've believed upon his name, just raise your hand to God. I've believed. Say, I believed. I have believed. It says, if you received him to those who believed in his name, he gave you the right to become children of God. Believing is simply this. It's the personal acceptance as truth of what God has said concerning his son. That's why I... It's not just the raising of a hand. It's not just the saying of a prayer. It has to be believing in the truth of what God has said about His Son. Do you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world who's the only one that can deal with your sins? Have you believed on Him? ESV Study Bible says, Received implies not merely intellectual agreement with some facts about Jesus, but also welcoming and submitting to Him in a personal relationship. And if you've believed upon Him, He's given you the right to become children of God. He gave the right. We are born of God by a free act of God's sovereign grace. He chooses us before we choose Him. He chooses us before we choose Him. Him. You're going to leave this place today with a greater understanding, with a down inside of you, that you're going to begin to shout back at everything that tries to come against your life. I am a child of God. When you're about ready to sin, let it well up in you. I am a child of God. It is a love that is so deep and so profound and so life transforming. I am a child. It's stupendous. I'm a child of God. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the guy that used to cuss all the time. I'm not the guy that used to go to bars. I'm not the guy that did that stuff. I am a child of God who has been transformed by the love of God. Brought into the family of God. I'm in the family. God adopted me. And if I needed to be adopted, it means that I was not in the family at one time. God chose me and adopted me. The moment you believe in Jesus, the moment you receive him for who he really is, in that moment he gives you the right, listen to this, and authority to lay claim to your inheritance as a child of God. To become legally, as it were, with due authority, what you are by virtue of new birth, because you were born of God. Does everybody get that? In that moment, he gives you the right and authority to lay claim to your inheritance as a child of God to become legally, as it were, with due authority what you are by virtue of the new birth because you were born of God. We are believers. Believers are receivers of the greatest gift that has ever been offered. 
the gift of a second chance, the gift of a new birth, the gift of a new life, the gift of a new destiny, and forevermore. I remember when I got saved, the first thing that came over me was, wow, I have a death. It's like God got in my ear and said, literally, I almost, I almost could hear it, I've given you a destiny. I mean, as much as it was being separated from all the other stuff, that aspect, I've given you a destiny. In other words, I've given you a purpose. You're going to find a purpose in life now. And that was one of the biggest struggles I had. What was my purpose? I used to think I'm going to be 80 and I'm going to die. Well, that's going to be longer now because I'm saved. You know. What's my purpose? And I want that purpose to carry through until I'm 100 and plus years old. I want to be living out my purpose. I want to be telling people, man, when you're that old, you can tell anybody about Jesus. They don't care. Sonny, you know, you need Jesus. You can say anything you want. People, ah, yeah. You go around. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to just sit in a room somewhere, man, bumming out. So I can now, because of this, I've believed I can authoritatively say I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. Yet here's the tragic thing. There's a lot of people that reject this. They reject the gift of God. But as sad as that are those who've received it and who choose to live in ignorance of this new elevated status. They choose to live in ignorance of who they are in God's family. We choose to not live up to who we are. We choose to not let it get into us that we are children of God. That is a sad thing because we're not living in everything that God has for us with that understanding of how much He loves us. We compromise with the godless world because we're just not living up to the status of being a child of God. If you're in here today, leave here today understanding who you are in Christ. Honestly, probably one of the greatest messages I could preach. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. If you had a church full of people that walked into a service and knew I'm a child of God, man, the music would start. I don't care what your personality is like, but you would be so excited that you're in the house of God because this is all about Jesus. This isn't a religious duty. It's not a religious organization. This is the bride of Christ. This is God's institution on earth. So we come together. We gather together in his name. As children of God, we're all children of God. We may not agree on everything, but we're in the family. And we're all children of God. I understand who you are this morning. I understand who I am this morning. I'm a child of God, sinner saved by grace through faith. I've been given the authority, the right, and the might to become a member of God's family as his children. I can call God my Father. He is my Father. What would it do in your fight against sin if you were more frequently setting your mind on the truth that you are a child of God? And the very thing you struggle with in your life that you came in here struggling with, that you know you struggle with today, that sin aspect in your life, that everyone has something that you struggle with, how would it be affected if you got more profoundly ingrained into the understanding that you are a child of God? And I need to put this in here because this is a common misconception that every person born is a child of God. 
That is not in keeping with Scripture. God loves in general because He keeps everybody alive. But not everybody. The term, the phrase, the title, child of God, does not cover everybody. The fact only those who believe in Jesus have the right to become God's children and call Him Father. And this may be hard to hear if you have lost loved ones or friends, but there are two families on earth, and every human being belongs to one but not the other, the family of God or the family of the devil. We're either in God's family, we're the child of God, or we're a child of the devil. It's simply that. If people don't want to hear that, that's not preached in church, but that is an absolute truth. The Bible talks about that. You're in one family or the other. And if you're not in God's family, do something about it today. Because you never know what tomorrow holds. People die every single day. Christless eternities. People in every place and every time reject God. Continue to live in rebellion against Him. So I ask you this morning, have you received? Have you believed? Have you received? Have you believed? Amen. Have you received? Have you believed? Have you received? Have you believed? If you have, you're a child of God. So I say to all of you, in the power of the Spirit, live like you know it. Live like you know you're a child of God. Live like you know it. Live like you know it. Live like you know it. It should be a declaration of your life. I am a child of God. 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 I'm no longer a slave to sin. And even now as a believer, you're no longer a slave to any kind of fear. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. The enemy will get in your ear and try to steal that truth from you and try to get you because you'll go through this season of not praying. You'll go through this season of not being in the Word. You'll go through this season of... It's almost like you're kind of, you're, you, in a spiritual sense, are kind of straying away from the presence of the Father. He doesn't from you. You kind of do from Him. And he, you are open game to the world and to your flesh and to the devil getting in your ear and saying, look at what you've messed up so much. How can you be a child of God? How can God love you? But He does. And I'll close kind of with this. As a child of God, what do we inherit? So there's benefits to this besides being a child of God. What do we inherit? I inherit the kingdom of God and everything that goes with it. You know, and I'm not concerned with whether my mom leaves me anything or not. I could really care less about any of that. God is always going to take care of me. But as, a, as an earthly person, you know, we, we get our inheritance from our parents. When they pass, they then leave an inheritance for us. But as a child of God, I'm already in the inheritance right now. I'm blessed with spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1.3 says believers are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And that's going on right now. Amen. So welcome to the family. I'm a child of God. I'm living in the blessings of God. I'm living in my inheritance. What does that bring with it? Peace and hope and joy and strength. And these blessings are infinite, eternal, and they reside in Christ. Can I, be, can I shoot straight with you here and not offend anybody? That's that's why I that's why I'm so uh, that's why I've been so faithful to come to church. I, I've been I got saved in '85. It's 
17, how many years is that? Goodness. How many? I've been saved 32 years. And I think out of those 32 years, I can count the times I've missed church. Probably not even that many. And that's traveling abroad. And I don't know, maybe someone says, well, you're trying to convict, you're trying to make me mad. No, I'm just saying because that all has to do with, that's to me, I, I just know if this is part of what God has done for me, and he, this, is part of this, this is part of the deal, and prayer, and this, and church, and giving. I never struggle with giving. I've never struggled with, with giving. And I understand something. Tithing is a principle, but the New Testament says we're supposed to be generous givers. So really, the tithe should be our foundation. I've never struggled with that. If this is all part of what God has done for me. Man, I want to be in it. I want to be a part of it. That's why when I got saved, I sat in the front row. Nothing wrong with y'all sitting in the back. But I sat in the front row because I just wanted to be where the fire was burning the hottest. Or so I thought. And I didn't know the fire could burn everywhere. (laughs) That even the people in the back could get caught on fire. I just wanted to be as close to whatever I needed to be close to as I could get. It's just something to be excited about. Golly, man, we should be a church that's excited. We should not be a church that just walks around dumb drum. We should come. We are so excited about what God's done for us. You are saved. I don't care how eloquent I preached to you today. I'm a born-again child of God trying to get into you by the Spirit. You're a child of God. When you sing, worship team, it should be, I'm a child of God. Look at who I am. I'm singing for God in front of a bunch of people because God has placed me here. I'm singing. I'm singing. I'm singing a song. I'm singing for God. Amen? Just like Elf, you're singing. I'm singing. But you're singing it for God. Amen? Singing for God. Being a part of the family of God is the greatest blessing ever bestowed on believers. This should drive us to our knees in humility and humble adoration. I gave room up here so you guys could lay it out on your face if you needed to. It's just, this is so magnificent. We should be so excited about this. Oh my goodness. I, oh, I, I just, I just let's, be, let's be an excited church. Yes, our theology is straight. Yes, our theology is sound, but we can still be undignified because of how much we love God, because of how much we know God loves us. David did not care. He did not care who was watching him. When his wife looked and scorned him for acting that way, you never hear about her again. I don't mean you got to take your shirt off in here when worship comes and run around. I mean, we can be undignified without being doing that. Just We're supposed to be excited for God. Amen. Hallelujah. I ask you this, does it affect you this way? Remember, this should never be ho-hum. This should never be ho-hum. And as a pastor, I always wonder, I know I'm an evangelist. That just comes out of me. I'm, I'm finally realizing that, that even that it just comes out. And I'm not afraid to be straightforward with it. I'm not afraid to toe the line with it. But I always, am I, am I a pastor? Am I, 
you know, but I know I am because I, I struggle. So I just want y'all to be excited. I want y'all to love God because I know what God has for you. I want you to love God. I want you to know who you are in Christ. That shepherd aspect of my life just wants you to walk in the fullness of all your father has for you. He says, our, our father, our father who is in heaven, our father, my father. I had a great dad. But no one can compare to my heavenly father. My dad was at every game and attentive, but no one can be like my heavenly father. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. John was arrested with wonder when he thought about this truth. And so he had to tell his readers how amazing this is so I say to all of us let us be arrested with the wonder of being a child of God I am a child of God and so we are I am a child of God and so we are say it I am a child of God and so we are may those who know it be humbled by it and may those who don't respond in faith to his invitation to have it let's pray Thank you for joining us at Sermons by Brad Tuttle. We pray this sermon blessed you, encouraged you, inspired you, and challenged you in your walk with Christ. Thank you for being with us. You can come back and visit us anytime. God bless you.